Welcome everybody to season two, episode five of Outside the Barn. I'm one third of Outside the Barn podcast, Kendall Shell. Uh, before we get into today's episode, some really exciting news uh, to share with you guys. Outside the Barn is partnered with Underdog Fantasy. Um, on top of that, I've got even better news. They're going to match any of yours first deposits up to $100. So the only way you can get in on this special is by downloading the Underdog app and then use our code. No other code. Use our code OTB24. Even if you're already registered but haven't deposited, you can still use the promo. When you do, Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. So really, what are you waiting for? Get started today and let's play with Underdog Sports all season long. Man, what's up, man? Appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, been good. Uh, played professional ball for a few years after graduating uh, from the U. Then uh, I went went back to school, got my MBA uh, from Carlson. Um, then, well, then I came back to Minneapolis, got engaged to Rachel Bannum, um, and now I'm working at General Mills as a financial analyst. Uh, I've been there for uh, a little over a year and a half. So it's been, life's been good. Can't complain. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Well, congrats, congrats on all that. Congrats on success. Congrats on the engagement. I'm sure Gopher fans are happy to hear that the Gopher love and basketball story has continued on. So I'm sure, I'm sure they're happy about that, man. But Glad you could jump on here. I know Trevor, Blake, we're, we're, we're all super excited uh, to jump into this. But before we jump in, man, let me check in with my guys here. Blake, how are we doing today? Doing well, man, doing well. Just uh, got over a little, little sicknesses in the household recently, but been watching the games uh, via the television. And obviously, last couple games weren't too great, but um, played at Indiana, which is a tough place to play. I never got a win down there. So I was part of that statistic where I don't think we've won down there in a long time. And then obviously the at home versus Iowa was a tough one. I thought we had a chance to to get the win there, especially we started out pretty well. But um, other than that, doing all right. And um, looking forward to uh, hearing from Andre and, and talking a little bit about Gopher Hoops. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, let's get right into that. Let's get right into that. I think I saw Andre Hollins a little bit on the screen yesterday during the game. So I know he had a, a front row seat to that Iowa game. I know it was a, a frustrating game for a lot of us watching. So, man, let's just jump right into it, uh, Dre. Put on put on the coach's hat. What what did you see last night from the game? Uh, last night we started off uh, with a good pace. Uh, I think we – I mean, we hit mostly all of our shots. Uh Got in a good rhythm, then it just kind of fell apart. We couldn't sustain it. Um, I think defensively was our biggest uh, failure in in that game. Uh, got beat on a lot of back doors and just kind of some one-on-one matchups where we got beat. And, you know, Iowa and Fran McCaffrey, they always uh, run a great structured offense, a lot of back doors. A lot of pin downs, a lot of good action uh, away from the ball, and we didn't do a job, good job containing it. Um, but you know, this it's a part of the Big Ten season. Um, you got to live and learn. Yeah, for all you guys that don't know, I think Dre, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were a grad assistant for a while with the Gophers too. So obviously, we're behind the scenes with the coaching staff. Obviously, 
not this coaching staff. Uh, I think it was Tino one, right? Or was it this coaching staff? I, right. I, was with, I was with this. I split time between. Yeah, so you got you got you know what's going on in the locker room. I mean, obviously you were a player, but also you had your coach you had on. So interesting to hear your your viewpoint on how the team's doing. And I don't know if you're still pretty involved and behind the scenes with them, but what we said last year and this year is they just gotta stay positive, man. I mean, it, they've lost a couple in a row, but as we know, we we're on the top of the conference with a couple wins in the Big Ten before that, and. Obviously, we all know you hit some rough patches throughout the Big Ten. It's just tough once you lose one and two. It can go down. You know, my senior year, Trevor remembers that. I mean, we just, one after another, we just kept losing and losing and losing. It just, you don't want that to be a, a common thing amongst your team. So as much as they can stick their head out and get out of this kind of rut, I think that's going to be huge. And I think the uh, upperclassmen are going to be the ones that have to do it for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, I w what I'd say about the team mentality, I think they're a, a great group of guys and they're pre they're really positive. Uh, I, I was there with Parker Fox and Isaiah Enon. Uh, who else? I think those are the only two that are left from when I was a, a GA. Um, and I know that those guys' personality, you know, they've had to stay positive for the past two years and they're kind of, uh, leading by example in their forefront for the younger for, for the younger players, and I'm talking to the coaches and um, you know friends on the team. The the younger players learned a lot from last year, and they they've kind of carried that over, and we've seen it in yeah. glimpses, like the Michigan game. They looked though, incredible. The Michigan game was incredible. Like I'm I'm still extremely optimistic. It's just we we're gonna have to. Uh, string together like uh, some some wins in the Big Ten. Now now it's getting into the thick of things and teams know that we're good. You know, they're preparing. So it, it's a different uh, mentality that you have to take. But I'm, I'm extremely optimistic about the team. I'm excited. No, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, I, think, I think, you know, I think teams used to come in at least last year and I was like, all right, you know, we can beat up on these guys. This year, I think it's a little different. I mean, we do have some talent. We do have some guys. Obviously, we unfortunately, we've been kind of going with how we're shooting the ball. And if we're not shooting the ball well, it's kind of been a struggle bus. But um, I do think teams are a little, I don't want to say scared to play us, but, you know, a little scared. They don't know what team's going to come out, right? Um, it's not like we have one or two guys. I mean, we got a bunch of guys that can do some things and, you know, we just need, all, we just need to play for an entire game. We see glimpses each and every game of like, man, why don't they just keep doing this? And whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, a full half, we just need a full game of it. Right. Cause we all know in the big 10, you can go up 10 and then I'll lose by 20. Right. Um, so um, hopefully to your point, we can, we can string some together and string some uh, glimpses uh, and, and get them away from just a brief glimpse to a full glimpse in a full game or a, a stretch of games. Kendall, were you yeah. going to say something? Yeah, no, I, well, first I was going to agree on everything you just said. Um, and second, I was just going to ask a question to you guys. So I know yesterday I hit Dre up, texted him. I was like, man, that might have been one of the most frustrating games I had in a while. And, a lot of it probably has to do with one specific stat um, that you guys probably are aware of, but they shot five for 29 from three yesterday. Five for 29, I just want to repeat that. They shot 23 for 29 in the paint. 
So obviously not around the team often, obviously don't know their strengths, but I do know usually when something's working well, you probably should lean towards and when something's not working well, you shouldn't. And I'm just wondering, you know, as a coach going forward, because there's been a couple games where you've been kind of shaky from behind arc. And I mean, I got two shooters on here and Trevor used to shoot a lot in practice, but like, I'll never be somebody <laughs> to be like, yo, like, stop shooting, right? Like, I hate when coaches do that. I don't think coaches should ever do that. But I think to a point yesterday, there was entirely too many times where they settled and they just shot themselves out the game. So um, let me – I'll start with you, Dre, since you're very close to the team and you, you were there yesterday with that. Like, what are your thoughts on kind of that and how do you kind of go forward with that and kind of, I guess, push them to keep taking the shots but also push them to take better shots, quite frankly? First off, you got to tip your hat off to Iowa and their 1-2-2. We all know that's a, a wonky defense to go against because once you get across to half court, you probably have, what, 20 seconds left on the shot clock? So then, you know, you're trying to set something up, and I think that's where we got flustered and where we couldn't get get into the sets we want, and we were kind of uncomfortable. And then that was because of their their that one two two zone that they've been running for years on the brand. And you know, I mean, I, it, it's it's difficult to go against because they they give up. I think the strategy on on their defense is to give up those corner shots, the the corner shots, wing shots, and we weren't hitting them, so it, we worked to their advantage. So it it comes from I don't know getting a feel playing playing Iowa. That's what. Uh, Hawk, Hawk, uh, Elijah's first game playing against Iowa. Elijah's first game playing against Iowa. Cam, Cam Christie's first game. Uh, Mike Mitchell, those are our main guards, you know. So it's tough. It's tough. And I I just have to say it's it's that Iowa defense that kind of got us out of uh, a rhythm. And we couldn't find it. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I mean, that that is a good point. And, and I'd said it on some previous ones, and I think Kendall and Trev, you agreed or said it as well. But whether it's right or wrong, I don't think we really have anyone on our team that can just shake and bake and break someone down and create their own shot. So all of a sudden, when you got 15, 20 seconds left on the clock, you know, we don't necessarily have a team that's going to be able to just be like, all right, we got 10 seconds left, just, you know, take someone off the dribble and get a good shot, right? That's just not going to be our offense. It's not our offense this year. Hopefully, you know, in the, in the coming years, we'll have somebody that can do that. But to your point, Ray, is, you know, Iowa's defense gets gets you down, and all of a sudden you're looking at a 15, 20-second shot clock, and you got to whip together something quick. And I think that was part of the reason. And, Kendall, I like what you said. I mean, I don't like coaches that – we all have coaches that did it that, like, say, don't shoot the ball, right? And it's just like you just totally get in the player's head. But at some point, there was a couple shots yesterday, I think we all can agree. And we don't want to say don't shoot, but, like, they were pretty – we were missing left and right, and we were also missing left and right with poor shot selection as well. And part of that could have been we didn't have much time on the shot clock. But a couple of them were like, why do we shoot that? And, and part of me was like a couple times Hawkins, I mean – it almost looks like he's going to go into the paint and create something, and then he pulls it back out. And it's like, I feel like he needs to, like, keep going down and maybe not shoot it. I know he's pretty small, but, like, make something happen in the paint and dish it out from there. But 
to your point, Dre, I mean, that you brought up a good point that I didn't even think about for that Iowa Iowa defense and what their philosophy was around that. Well, I agree. Yeah, I it's agree. Um, yeah, I, it was frustrating playing against them because it's like, okay, we I'm, I'm looking up. You could you could try to break it on the dribble, but you really don't want to. Then we, what we were passing it to Dawson. We started passing it to Dawson and. Uh, I know Isaiah, we're trying to kick it ahead, then get the ball back, then get the deep the offense set up. So that, that's just a lot going on for, I think, our, our young guards. It, it's, a, it's a lot to kind of hone in and get everything settled down. So I don't know. It's it's just one of the – I think it's one of those learning experiences. Um, yeah, I mean, we have, a, we have a young – I mean, a couple guys that are older, but we have a lot of new guys and a lot of young guys and people that haven't played in the Big Ten, so we also got to understand that. I don't want to be a Gopher fan and say that each and every year, like, oh, this is a young team, this is a new team they haven't played, but just quite candidly over the past two, three, four years, that's just been what the cards we've dealt dealt with, and we've been a young team and team that hasn't been all together for a long time. I mean, sure, we got a couple guys that have been here for a little bit, but we also got to be um, – you know, I don't want to say optimistic, but we, we got to understand where they're coming from and hopefully they can learn from it, not just, you know, after this year, but quickly after that last game because we got we got a bunch of games left in the Big Ten that we need to get some wins out of. You got to fast <laughs> in the Big Ten or you can go downhill yeah. quick. We all know that. <laughs> yeah, it happened quick. It happened quick. Our, our 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 senior year, Trey didn't have didn't start off too well uh, in the Big Ten conference, but we don't we don't we don't have to touch upon that too much. But um, I got a question for you, Dre, during this time because we know like you guys just talked about they're about to hit that adversity real quick. These young guys like Cam Christie, right? Mike Mitchell, like from Pepperdine West Coast Conference to the Big Ten, like it's gonna get scary. But we got Michigan State coming up. Wisconsin, you know, we've got some guys coming up. So, Dre, since you've been around the locker room, man, tell me a little bit about the style of Coach Johnson right now and, like, how you see him kind of pushing the guys forward. And then just in general, you know, give us a little glimpse into that locker room because I think for us three, we can all kind of agree we see him as more of a player's coach, but maybe kind of what does that really mean? You can see the guys rally around him a lot. Um, so in a situation like this, like, what do you think that looks like from Coach Johnson from the locker room? It's a lot different because um, I've been in situations where, you know, you're losing and then you're also fighting the coach as well. And it's not that situation here. He keeps everybody together. Um, a lot of positivity. Um, he harps on this is setting the standard, the standard, keeping the standard, the standard. And that's focusing on the team, ourselves, not the outside noise, not all the negativity, because, you know, we've been dealing with a lot, a lot of negativity the past two years, just with, a lot. you know, don't don't have a, a, a deep bench, a lot of injuries. So it's about controlling what you can control. That's been the biggest thing. And I think you've done a great job with that with the guys. Like, I don't, I don't see them down. Uh, they're great. He also recruits great high-character people, um, you know, like like Toby did, like he had recruited all of us. Um, you know, the guys are great. They rally around each other. And I think the the biggest thing that I would say that Coach Johnson, that I tip my hat off to him, is his attention to detail and on and off the court. 
Like it's 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 uncanny actually. Like I really I really appreciate learning while I was under there for a year. I appreciate learning that from him and getting to getting to know the uh, players, you know, on the court and off the court. So it's just it's not a kind of a um, disconnect. It's always fluid. It's a fluid relationship. And I think that that spills over and it's going to keep keep the, the guys positive at times of adversity and have things to rally around. No, no, that's that's amazing. Do you see yourself ever getting back into the coaching world? Uh, collegiately, I don't think so. No, I don't. Uh, selling down, I have a house here in New Hope. Um, I thought about it and I spent my whole life traveling been kind of revolved around basketball and uh you know coaching it's it's a grind it's a different grind i have to kind of start back from uh even though i have that graduate assistant still i have to start back at a lower level and i'm not 22 just graduating college i'm 31 now so gotta think about a family you know so it's a, it's a lot to think about I, I would think about high school that would be yeah i'd be cool with uh, coaching high school, you know. How about you? Anybody else? Y'all, y'all thinking about stepping into coaching? And uh, it's it's up. Uh, I have my my uh, brief stint. Um, I will go back probably like you know when my kids get older and I have the more freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a grind, you know, even from the high school level, the long nights. I see the stress in Coach Johnson. You know, you, you prepare for a team to play, and they do the exact opposite. <laughs> you know, it's that frustration. But I would love to go you know, down the road. I, yeah. I just couldn't. I wouldn't want to do the whole recruiting thing, man. I think practice and games, sure. I mean, the hours kind of suck because you're working at night, you're working during the day. But just the recruiting, that would just get too old, especially with – I mean, I'm sure we – we were pre Madonnas too, and we were getting recruited, but I just feel like it's even worse now. And with NIL and transfer portal, I mean, man, it's just there's too many there's too many things and people and different things where you can lose kids Social if you don't media. play them. If you get a high talented kid and they're not ready to play your freshman year, but you feel pressure to play them because you don't want to lose them to the transfer portal the next year, I mean, it's too much. That's a different beat. That's a different beat. You're not only recruiting other players, you're recruiting your own players that same year. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's wild. That's a different aspect where I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Ray, what's your stance? We've talked about this a little bit, but what's your stance? And you know, I'll give you my 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 stance. I, I I think the transfer portal is is bad for college basketball. I like that. I think if a coach were to leave or something like that, like you should be able to enter the transfer portal and not have to sit out a year. Uh, but I think you, if you're just transferring a transfer because things aren't going well, like I think you should still have to sit out of here like you used to. And I think that would that would calm down everyone moving around so much. But what's your sense on it? I mean, do you like it? Do you not like it? I mean, obviously you came to the University of Minnesota. You had multiple coaches. So, I mean, you could have been one that, hey, you know, and I'm sure, you know, you don't have to say yes or no, but I'm sure you contemplated transferring, not that you didn't love Patino or something like that, but anytime a new coach comes in, it's like, all right, you know, maybe I should look for a, a, a new home, and you didn't, which go for fans. We were all happy you didn't. But, you know, if, if the transfer portal or what it is today, do you still think, you know, one, do you like it? And do you do you think you would have maybe looked to transfer, you know, with that? <laughs> uh, 
Oh, it's funny. I was just <laughs> I was just talking to somebody about it today because they asked me the same question. So it's a double edged sword because from one aspect, I, I agree with it. I like it in the fact that you know there's there's some coaches that sell players' dreams, and that doesn't come to fruition. It's actually players out there that would benefit from transferring. It benefits them their their career and just transferring. And on the other end, like you mentioned, there there are players that are just transferring just because things didn't work out. Or, you know, kind of what Coach Smith said, we're teaching the kids yeah. to quit. You know, you know, when whenever adversity hits, oh, I'm just gonna pack my pack my stuff and And no one looks himself in the mirror and says like, how can I get more playing time? Maybe I need to get better, right? So with that it's like It's like which side do 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 you weigh on? I'm kind of I'm kind of in the middle uh, with it, but I do agree there there should be something in place. It should be something where it shouldn't be just a wild wild west where it's like it's guys playing five years for five different teams. Like that yeah. doesn't you know where, where's the loyalty? Yeah. Where what do you teach? What are you teaching the guy once they get to when their career is over? Adversity hits what you're just gonna keep jumping from place to place, you yeah. know. So it's that's uh, it's, it's a tough one. Now I don't envy being in the uh, NCAA. The people who uh, have to try to come up with these rules. Yeah. How do you guys feel about players transferring? To the I, think, I don't like that. No. No. That, no. Yeah. No. I think they should be like, hey, if, if you're gonna transfer, you can't transfer <laughs> for the next. Well, Dre, I I don't know if you yeah. remember this. Maybe I made this up, but I thought at least when I was in college, the Big Ten had something where you couldn't take a scholarship if you transferred within the Big Ten. Like they couldn't give you a full ride. You would have to like if you did do it, you have to walk on. Maybe I made that up, but I could have sworn that was a rule. I I think I remember something to the effect like you can't. It, it was something to where you were penalized for transferring yeah. in conference. I remember, but yeah. obviously that's not a thing now. As somebody that was close to our heart, playing for the Gophers and beat us down a little bit uh, when we played <laughs> them at Ohio State, but um, yeah, we're in a different era now, and we all gotta, you know, we gotta be flexible and and do what, what's happening. But I don't know, Kendall. Do you want to? Should we fire Dre some some questions? <laughs> Dre, I got some quick and easy questions for you, and then we can get into kind of Michigan State and some other things. But and you guys get in too. But first one, you know, I'll do something easy. What is your favorite restaurant on campus when you were in college? On campus? Oof. Don't pick the wrong thing. I have two in mind. It have to be it's so for breakfast. It's for breakfast. Tony Tony's Diner. Yep. Hands down. Breakfast. Tony's Diner. Then I would say for like lunch and dinner and specials, yeah. be loco burrito. Those are two good ones. That was the. Well, that two good yeah. ones. Hell, well, what was y'all? I didn't have Tony's Diner when I. I mean, he oh. was just our our kind of like chef or whatever uh, when I was in school, but. I'd probably say I'd probably say Burrito Loco was up there. Um, yeah, 
I, I thought I think that's a good pick. Yeah. What about you, Trey? I'll go Tony's for breakfast. Ooh, Al's yeah. breakfast was good too, though. But Tony's our guy, so I got to say Tony. Shout out to Tony. <laughs> Al's breakfast was good, Shout out yeah. to Tony. <laughs> I another one. I, I know yeah. you you focused on basketball your whole time, so maybe you didn't do this very much. But if you were to go out to what, what was the bar, your go-to bar when you were above age, what was your favorite place to go out? Barn yeah. Dog or uh, <laughs> or uh, Larney's and right. yeah. Those are All right. what was your what was your favorite um, memory as a golfer? Just one. Oh, beating number one in the well, uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I go with beating number one Indiana when uh when they stormed the court. That and was, that was what that was you think about here? Sophomore year, yeah. I remember that. I was traveling for work, and I watched. I was in Florida. That was crazy. I wish I was at that game. It looked awesome. And that's when they had Oladipo and Zeller, right? A bunch of those guys. Yeah, real trail put Zeller on (laughs) Oh, I was still playing. That was my that was my last year. I tore my ACL afterwards, so I got the extra year. But yeah, I'm still there. That was a call for Man. me. All right. Uh, I don't know if you sure guys want to throw a couple great. at them, but I'll throw one more, and then uh, you guys throw a couple. But going to put you on the spot a little bit, and it's not saying someone's not a great coach, but your favorite coach that you played for. Oh, got to be. I got to go with Tubby, man. All right. It was your first coach in college and he recruited you, so I, that's understandable. And we, we went to the tournament, we did big things. We did big right. things so, yeah. I want to know where's uh, your favorite place to play in the Big Ten? It have to be Indiana. Was dumb. did you ever win there though? Yeah, I like we won my oh, first year. Yep. Man, I don't think Trev did you ever. Year. I mean, I guess you were on that team, but when I was, I don't think we ever won. Yeah. My era, I don't think. Uh, I, don't, I remember Ralph Sampson got posterized by Pritchard one year. Remember that? <laughs> oh yeah. So, oh yeah. That was that was still was like I was watching from home and the TV was shaking. <laughs> Dre, I don't know if you recall. I mean, it, I'm sure it was crazy down there. Indiana wasn't even that good, but we never won down there for some reason. But I remember I got I got fouled on like a three pointer, or no, it was a technical or something, right? I had two or three free throws and I missed them all because I swear to God that ring the rim was just shaking like this. They were going wild. And I still, I don't, I won't forget that because I, I, I hated missing free throws, much less both of them or all three of them, whatever it was. Oh, it's terrible. But that's a good atmosphere. Yeah. It's set up too when the fans are on top of you, like yeah. moving down the court. No. <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy atmosphere. Like, they have to be in the Dre, I got, a, I got one for you. And then maybe Kendall's got one. If you, and maybe this is, on the new uh, web web or internet or whatever, but if you didn't go to Minnesota, where would you have gone, or where would you wish you would have gone? Stanford. So that was on your final. That was Stanford, your final yeah. two. That was that was my uh, actually. Uh, yeah. The people don't know this. I actually 
So it was, I was, I was, it was really wanted Stanford, but they were recruiting um, Chase and Randall. And we, we played Chase and Randall in uh, twice in college in the NIT yep. championship, our freshman year, and then uh, in Bahamas. Bahamas. Remind me, where, where did you yeah, play so, again? Stanford? Yeah, okay. he was the point guard for Stanford. Stanford. So it was between him and I, and I I had taken my visit, and afterwards I was like, yeah, I think I want to go to Stanford. I was telling my parents and stuff, and I think my mom looked up. <clears throat> I think it was an article that came out and was saying, like, Stanford was waiting on – Jason Randall to the side. I think he like uh, visited Illinois because he's from. I think he's from Chicago, mm-hmm. and um, and so I was like, okay. And I I was I, I told Adam Schrager, he was the assistant. I don't I don't know where he is now, but told him I was like, yeah, I think I'm ready to commit. He was like, oh, let's just let's just wait because then I don't know how it is now. Like Stanford and Harvard, you had to apply and you have to get a, accepted. Yeah, to get in. So they were saying like, "Yeah, we're just waiting to to hear back on your uh, on your acceptance or whatever." So I was like, "Hmm." And my mom read that off. I was like, "Oh, so I'm I'm second. I'm second to to Chase." And he ended up committing. And then they were like, "Oh yeah, we uh." Oh, really? so you, know, you were gonna go to Stanford? Scholar. Yeah, I was I was gonna go to Stanford. Wow. And then and who was the coach there? Dawkins or? John, uh, John, yeah, Johnny, Johnny, yeah. Johnny, yeah, he he was the coach there. Um, and then I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go to Stanford, I'm gonna go to the academic, group. I mean, go to Harvard, I'm gonna go to the academic group, even though it's completely different. Like, you can tell the academics is important, yeah. like, they don't, you know, they still bus everywhere. I think they were still living in the dorms. Um, and then that time, yeah. Yep, Tommy Amaker. And they were on me hard. It was at, it, it was like I, I would talk to them for like an hour on the phone. Oh, what like, were your final, like, most, five schools then? Wasn't Memphis in there? It was – no, no. I didn't I didn't want to stay home. It was too many guards, like Joe Jackson, Chris Crawford. Uh, Will Barton oh, was yeah. there a year. I think it was, it was there a year. So it, it was just too many guards, not, not a lot of opportunity. Um but they they did recruit me. But my final five was Auburn, Stanford, Minnesota, Ole Miss, and Stanford. Harvard. Did I say? Yeah. Yeah. Harvard. Yeah. All right. That's a so, good story, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to. I was then. I was like, I'm going to go to Harvard. And I my coach, my high school coach, Jesus Patino, sat me down. And he's like, So do you want want to play professional? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, go with the national championship coach. You're playing in Big Ten, one of the best conferences in the nation. You're playing on TV every night. And I I really like Carlson, too, like because I was on the academic aspect trying to see, like, what uh, where the program stood academic-wise. And I was like, you know what? I, I really liked my visit. You know, Austin was already there. Um all, all the guys were cool, and I was like, "Let's do it." And the opportunity was there. You, you and Al left, so I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. But yeah, I was like, there, there, "There's right opportunity." But that—that's good. Know, I mean, so, yeah. you mentioned Carlson, so I was an in-state kid. Went to Carlson, which one of the top 
business undergrad schools in the, in the country. But you don't, you don't hear that often from out-of-state kids understanding that. And then, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid, as I call it, where, like, if you want to stay in state, right, there's a lot of, you know, you're working at General Mills now, right? So everyone, the dream, they always tell you, the coaches are like, hey, you play for the U, you're a well-known kid, you can go try to play professionally, but you come back if you want to stay in the cities, like there's going to place, there's going to be a place for you to work, whether it's General Mills or Cargill or all the big Fortune 500, Best Buy, Targets, etc. And kind of, you know, I think yeah. people don't quite understand that. You're one of the unique ones where you're out of state kid and you end up moving back and, you know, residing and staying in Minnesota. Part of that could have been your lovely fiance, I'm sure, but you also are, uh, you know, like Minnesota and, you know, it's a good thing for, for people to understand. Well, yeah, I love it. And to shout out to the city, like when you really think about the big 10, I mean, Minneapolis is like outside of, um, Northwestern and maybe Maryland. Like, I mean, Columbus is okay. Like Minneapolis is up there. Like just, living situation opportunity it's it's not a bloomington indiana it's not a champagne illinois it's not a what is it, lincoln nebraska east lansing west lafayette and Arbor, west lafayette like yeah like minneapolis is so much better than, than those cities but you know i mean i don't know it's, it's i just looked at it from a, a long-term perspective and it, it ended up working out all right, before Kendall, love before love you love. rattle one off, I keep saying last one, but give me a story on. <laughs> I, I'm assuming Kendall would guard you sometimes in, in practice. Yes. So give yeah. me a story. <laughs> you ever, you know, does he got some ankle sprains from you, or like, you know, how how was Kendall getting up in your grill, man? Oh, uh, he Kendall Kendall would be annoying because <laughs> he would come in like. <laughs> He'd be annoying. Like he'd come in. I wouldn't say he'd foul, but he'd be real physical. <laughs> he'd be real physical with you. <laughs> I had to toughen Dre up, man. I had to toughen Dre up. Tuffy said toughen him up at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because Lawrence Westbrook and I used to go at it, but man, I, I never told him, but I swear to God, he would always like the moment I'd get open and have like a shot or like get to the bucket, like he'd just outright foul me. Like, even if it was just like he fouled me on a three-point shot so I couldn't see the ball go in, it was annoying as hell because he just never wanted me to, like, score or, like, show that I, you know, see the ball go in and he would just foul. Like, and he was super, like, aggressive, probably like Kendall was. And it's just there was nothing more annoying because a foul in practice, like, it does nothing, right? Like, you stop the play, you start over again. Like, there's just no positivity from it. Exactly. Exactly, but he he Kendall brought the energy. Kendall brought the energy for sure. He's never lacking that. Kendall, you had the ponytail freshman year still, right? At that time, or? not. No. <laughs> <laughs> but when I saw when I saw, I met you with Trev. I met you uh, before, but no, not freshman year. Wait, you had a ponytail? I don't yeah. know this. I didn't know yeah, that. Like but long you were, hair, or like you what? Were yeah, long. All right. <laughs> no, but um, with Dre, yeah, Dre, Dre was a it was a fun matchup though, man. Like for real, like it was him um, when when DeAndre Matthew came, that was fun as hell too. Oh, yeah. 
when Nate Mason when Nate Mason came as a freshman too, like okay, like those were some real because it was about three, four of us. It was a few other guards, and we just we really go at it. Like that was that was a good time. That's when we were tired as hell. Though it was different during that time, but yeah, man, <laughs> it was it was, it was it was different, man. You guys tough and, and Tubby was tough, but. A uh, Patino practice was a little different at the beginning. Like he came in guns blazing, running everywhere, like completely different style, man. It was it was difficult. But yeah, man, Trey, I got one question hoop wise for you though. Um it might not be the best question memory for you, but opposing matchup, who's the toughest guy uh that you remember that you had to face in college? In college. And asked I mean, they probably gave you buckets, so I'm sorry you gotta bring it up again, but who was that? Who was that person? I wouldn't say a lot of guys gave me, just killed me straight buckets, but I have to say one guy was on ESPN our senior year, D'Angelo Russell. He 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 killed me on ESPN had like twenty and half, and it it was it was so difficult. It was slow too, right? Like isn't he slow kind of? Methodical, like slow, and they set so many damn screens for him. And I was already tired from trying to press. <laughs> and then I'm trying to guard an All-American. And like it, the their offense was so perfect for him. Like, it was so spread open. You know, he's shifty. He's mm-hmm. 6'4". He's taller, so he already, he already had me uh, beat on height. So, yeah, he, he messed me up that game. That was a... Yeah, it was at the barn too. We wore black jerseys. Never wore them again. (laughs) Never wore them again. I caught a cramp that game. Yeah, right. You you caught a cramp. You started to get out of there. You're done. Get you. You don't want to keep getting buckets on you. You're the Jalen Rose of Kobe, man. (laughs) Dude, he went crazy. He went crazy, but. It didn't have to be him. I think the I think one of the funnest matchups was uh, against Trey Burke. We used to go at it. Me and him used to go at it, like go back and forth. It, it was just one like he killed me, like D'Angelo. I would get mine too. So Trey Burke was on a different level that was sophomore year. All, he was world. Was, <laughs> all world, all world, all world. That team, the Michigan team, was ridiculous, bro. They were really good. I they took were hard away. Now go back to our sophomore year. And look at all the rosters. I think we had we had eight eight or nine teams in the I know it was eight. Oh, yeah, we had nine nine it might have been that year. It was nine. Nine nine teams, bro. It it was at least it was at least like ten NBA players yeah. <laughs> and the rest are pros. It was, different. It was, it was so crazy. different. It was so different. It was so Great. different. Um, all right, last question for you, Dre, before we wrap up here um, with one quick Michigan State prediction from each of us. Quick question. You shouldn't have to think too long. Best chicken wings in Minneapolis? Best chicken wings? Ooh. I've had, had a lot. <laughs> Best chicken wings. I have to say it'd be between D-Spot and Ray J's. Smoky Ranch, extra crisp. <laughs> Those, yeah, those two. Respect. That's respect. That's respect. That's respect. I would. I would. I would say Monte Carlo. Up there. No, not Williams. I would say Monte Carlo's up there. But we can, we can talk about 
we can talk about that uh, mm-hmm. a different time. But Monte Carlo definitely deserves one of those top spots. But fellas, let's let's wrap up here with um, some predictions, man. As we go forward, Trevor, I'm gonna start with you real quick. We got Michigan State um, coming up here, man. Um, quick prediction on your side. What, what do you see from this, and what do you have to do to win the game? Um, I think we have to start to win the game. We have to come out strong. I think some of what's been hurting us the last few games that we're getting off to slow starts and especially on the road when the fans get behind it, it's, it's a tough place to play. Um, but I think we can go out the road to win. I think Michigan state, I think they're kind of going through, you know, some similar, you know, they, their season hasn't been uh, how they projected it to be. Weren't they top 15 coming into the season or something like that? And so I'm, pro- I'm projecting a win. I'm, we're going to be back on a winning streak. That's what's up. I see Blake? Blake. Blake. Yeah, man. I, uh, I'm with you, Trev. I mean, I, I'm hoping we get a win. I mean, we need we need to change this thing around. And you know, Michigan State. I just don't think they're the normal Michigan State that I was, you know, grew up playing against. Right? Um, I think they're just down a little bit. Ten and seven, two and four in the conference. Um, I think the Breslin Center. You know, those fans are are wild. I mean, talking about hardest places to play. I think that ranks up there. At least the years I was, you know. Uh, in school, Michigan State, their fans had scouting reports on us as players and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think it's going to be a tough one. I think we got to get out uh, to a hot start. I think we got to shoot the ball well. Uh, it just seems like this team, when the ball's going in the cup, I mean, and more so than other teams, I mean, you can always say if the ball's going in the cup, you know, you're going to play better. But this team, for some reason, they just feed off each other and they just need to see the ball go in the hoop. And we also need to get Payne and Dawson going as big guys, right? Um, the ball's not always going to be falling from the outside, and we need to get, you know, Payne and Garcia are kind of our, our two studs inside, and then Ola Joseph as well. We just need to, to focus on getting them easy looks as well because that obviously opens up the outside to get better shots for our guards in Mitchell and, and, and you know, Elijah and some of those other guys. So, Kendall, what are your thoughts? I agree on all that, man. That was, that was really well said. Um, I think it's going to be the, like you said, it's not the normal Michigan State team pass. I think it's just going to be whoever's mentally strongest in this game. I mean, as we know, it's hard to go play at Michigan State. We know how hard it is to go play there. Um, so no matter if it's the same Michigan State team or not in the past, it's going to be tough to win. And I think whichever one of these teams, you know, can really stay together. They both have somewhat young teams. Um, whichever team can stay together uh, is going to win the game. And you know, we're going to have to get a lot of paint touches. I, I really do think so. I think we're going to have to do a lot of paint touches. I know I talked about the threes earlier, but that's if I talk about X's and O's, getting in the paint and, and scoring um, and trying to really control the glass as best as we can are going to be two big things. I know somewhat we're somewhat of a smaller team, um, so that, that's going to be important and really just trying to stay out of foul trouble. Just that's going to that's be big. Um, what about you on your side, Trey? Hey, I have to echo what, uh, what you guys said with starting off strong. I think that first five minutes is going to dictate uh, how the game is going to go. Um, I like how we played at Michigan. Um, and and we competed at Indiana as well. It wasn't just a blowout. I mean, we, we competed. We weren't hitting as many shots as we could. But I think with this, with this loss, I think we have some, some extra motivation. Um, I think the guys will be hungry, more focused. Um, and I know the, the scouting report is going to be the, the coaches do a great job. And uh, Josh Adell, Jason Kemp, uh, you know, 
Thor, they do a great job with scout. So the guys will be prepared. Um, it's like you said, Kendall, about mentality. We come out mentally tough, match their physicality. I don't care if, if as, as long as Tom Izzo is there, that a 10, they, they may not have as much talent, but they're going to be physical. So sure. I think I think if we take care of that that part, first five minutes, come out, focus, um, I think we have a good, good shot at, at pulling it out. <clears throat> Those Michigan State games are where that was the most physical games ever. Like, I remember we opened up against Michigan State my first year with the University of Minnesota, and, you know, non-conference was cool. Then the first play of the game, I had three dudes on my back, over the back, and I was like, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> like, it was crazy. Then, like, the biggest thing, like, you know, it's as long as Tom Izzo's there, you know, that's yeah. going to play tough. And we got to rebound. We got out rebounded by Iowa. Like, we got to come in and yeah. set the tone early. Yeah. Yeah. Setting yeah. the tone on the road in the Big Ten is the is, is so pivotal. <laughs> it's so pivotal. It's huge. It's huge. It's, it's really the recipe for success in the Big Ten. That that that's really what it is. And I, I agree with what y'all are saying. It's been it's been tough, man. I think we all remember them the first times we stepped in at Michigan State. When I first saw Draymond yelling at me and I wasn't even playing, I knew that it was different at Michigan State. So it was it's, it's man, tough. I was going to be tough Raymond Morgan. You remember him? That guy was oh, a yeah. grown man, and I was a freshman. I'm like, oh boy, man, this is this is another level. And he was like six eight, and I was lying. I was six four. I'm like six two. <laughs> oh man, different man. Draymond, Draymond. It's some guys. It's some guys that's gone through Michigan State, but. Um, I think our guys can come out with this win. I think they can come out with this win. I think all of us can agree we're super optimistic. Uh, I think Coach Johnson's going to get these guys ready. going to keep them positive. And um, just like them, you know, we all got to stay positive too. And this is a, a quick message to the fans, man. Let's stay positive out here and let's, let's keep trying to push. I think we're not the only program that's going through stuff right now. And I go look at a lot of other programs too, and they're not – they're not as negative. Um, I'll say that. So let's let's just try and really stay positive out here, man. Because these guys need it. and everybody that's in Minneapolis, pack the barn. I see Dre there every game. I see Trev there. I think Blake's there, but he likes to stay low key. Um, but if you're in Minneapolis, go pack that barn. <laughs> Maybe just don't give me good let's, seats uh, like these two guys, man. I'm I'm old news. <laughs> we gotta get Blake seats. We gotta get Blake seats. Ben, Kelsey, somebody get Blake Hoff Harbor some better seats. But everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of Outside the Barn. Uh, Andre Hollins, man, we appreciate you joining us today on this on this episode. I think we have to we have to get him back on soon, right, fellas? That's right. Yeah, as long as he doesn't hop on that Stanford podcast, we're good. <laughs> appreciate y'all having me, man. It's been fun. All right, appreciate man. it. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, this is another episode outside the barn. We'll see you guys next time.